RTHK Radio 3 and coming back, which is exactly what I've done. I'm back again. You're listening to the 123 Show with Cruz McCalligan this Tuesday afternoon. It is 2.34pm and I am joined in studio by Dr Lorraine Chow. Hello, Lorraine. Hi, Cruz. Hi, thank you for coming thank, in. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> um, so I feel, a little, I feel a little bit in awe whenever I'm in the presence of a surgeon, like watching <laughs> your hands and how steady they are. And so... Um, and. You're, um, we were just chatting about this off air. Yeah. So you specialise in breast surgery, yes. but you can't say that you specialise yeah. in breast surgery. You have to say you're a general yeah. general surgery. Yes. And then yes. we went into the bureaucracy of it, which yeah. is fascinating, but yeah. also a whole conversation for yes. another thing. Um, so uh, thank you so much for coming in to the programme today. Thank you for having me. And so I know that October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yes. And so obviously you've been very busy probably in lots of different yeah. campaigns and yes. things. Yes. Now, how common is breast cancer here in Hong Kong? Um, if we compare to the Western uh, mm-hmm. statistics in the United States or in Europe, uh, one in eight women would have breast cancer in, Hong Kong? in a lifetime. No, in in in, in, in the Western, in the West, yeah, right, in yeah. the West. Whereas in Hong Kong, our current data, the latest data to, from 2016 from Hospital Authority. Uh, uh, one out of 16 ladies in Hong Kong would have breast cancer. Gosh, but that's still high. That is still very high, and yeah. it's increasing. We're talking about, in 2012, the data was around one in 21 ladies. So it's gradually rising every year. And Gosh. it's also, there's a trend of the, of the uh, patients getting younger and younger. Wow. So previously, the um, most common age group would be above 40 and 50s. So now we're getting a lot of cases Below below forty years of age, and uh, sometimes it also we also find them to be more aggressive, more resistant to treatment as well. So Gosh. these are all things that we should be aware of. Mm. Yeah. So it's unfortunately not great news. <laughs> no. um, the number is rising, the number diagnosed is rising, but the good news is uh, we are the most common cancer in women in Hong Kong, but we're not the number one killer. Right. We're the third in terms ah. of um, mortality. So in a way, we're discovering it more, but the treatability is also uh, promising. Yeah. And so, I mean, just before we get into some more details about um, breast cancer and especially like some th- causes, things you can do, mm. all those sorts of things. I'm really curious about how and why you chose your career to specialise in yeah. breasts and breast health. And I mean, do you say breasts? Do you say? Do you yeah. say? Do you, is there a fancy word? Do you yeah. say? It gets, it gets really, really political. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we usually call ourselves general surgeons. Right. Um, but yeah. wait, like in an unofficial introduction, we would say I'm a breast surgeon. Breast surgeon, which uh, often sounds like yeah. plastic surgery, which yeah. obviously it's not plastic no. surgery. So exactly. But how did you choose to yeah. specialise in this um, in this part of the body? So I guess it's a bit like, uh, why do people choose to become a particular profession? It's, it's a mixture of reasons. Mm-hmm. So at that time, so surgery has always been something I definitely, I'm quite sure I want to do. So I def- definitely didn't want to be a physician. I did think about gynecology, mm. but um, I was a bit sceptical about termination of pregnancies and right. things like that. Sure. And, and I find it more depressing depressing seeing uh you know, pregnant ladies um, getting illnesses. So, right, sure. so, so at that a bit, time, bit it, personal reasons. Yes, yeah, sure. yes. Mm-hmm. So at that time, it was shortlisted down to surgery, especially general surgery. So in Hong Kong, we follow the uh, UK training system. So uh, general surgery would cover basically everything except plastic, except urology, except uh, pediatric surgery, and also cardiothoracic surgery. Mm-hmm. So during our training, we had to do everything, but 
in general, girl, female surgeons, they're asked to do breasts a bit more because you didn't need a chaperone to be with you ah, in the clinic right, okay. because you can just examine yes, the lady. Yes, because you've so, probably got some. So Yes, and yep. also that makes it more mm-hmm, uh, efficient mm-hmm. logistically. Yeah. And also gradually as you go, as I went along, I actually quite enjoy looking after female patients in mm. a way. Not being a gynecologist, but I was able to look deeper into what worries them. It's, mm-hmm. it's more uh, a complete care, a holistic kind of care, instead of just doing surgeries for them or doing aspirations or doing simple biopsies. You also understand a bit more about what, they, what they're feeling. Um, I'm not saying that other types of patients don't need that kind of care, but mm. uh, breast patients, they're, they're, they're very, very unique. Mm. Um, they, they tend to get worried a bit more than, say, if they have a colorectal problem, right, a colon sure. problem. So they tend to get very worried because they can feel it, they can feel the lump. So before they are uh, investigated, before they find out whether the lump is benign or cancerous, they tend to go through a whole process of getting really worried. And I'm glad that as a female, uh, I seem to understand them a bit more and be able to give them on top of uh, surgical intervention, also some mental support and mm. advice. Mm. So I quite enjoyed that. And then it all comes down to, you know, about the training post and everything. Yeah, so sure. everything was lucky. There was a training post available. So I immediately, you know, chose to, to go into breast subspecialization. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, considering that half, roughly half, not pro- actually less than half of the population have them, mm. how much do we really know about breasts and breast health are we still kind of just scratching the surface or do we kind of understand them inside out because i know lots of aspects of women's health are really underfunded there's not a lot of research done into them you know exactly Um, so is it the same with breast health definitely because you can see that a lot of developed countries they have national populational screening so this is something we're working on you can see lots of campaigns lots of uh discussion with the government to see whether we can fund some kind of national program or populational screening programs uh because for breast it does make a difference we would say that taking colorectal cancer as an example if you do a colonoscopy and find a polyp you know that by removing it you almost remove the chance of it turning into a cancer Mm. by doing a mammogram before you have symptoms it doesn't remove the chance it doesn't stop a breast cancer from happening but you discover that discover it early and let's say if you, the cancer is in stage zero or stage one the curative rate is much much higher for example for stage one breast cancer the curative rate is still over 90 percent which wow. is very very good compared to other many other types of cancers so yes for us we're still lacking a populational screening which is uh, does improve the survival and long-term outcome and also there are lots of mis- misnomers especially in this part of the country uh, of, of, the, wow. of the world is uh, there are many questions that you don't really get asked by other uh, in other countries for example pain can be very mm. alarming mm. but the uh, interesting point about breast pain is uh, a large proportion of patients with breast pain actually turn out to be not to do with cancer, nothing to do with cancer. And the Hong Kong data, around 92% of our breast cancer is painless. So this is something that people don't know. And people Mm. come to see us more because of pain, but when they find a lump that's not painful, they they tend to take it lightheartedly. So that's something we would like to educate the general public so that they are more aware that the symptom is usually the other way around pain doesn't mean it's cancer. pain's not the first the first the no. first um what's it called red flag yeah <laughs> yeah and also flag. it happens quite late into the disease and also um they 
the general public may not be aware that there are things that can change to cancer that yeah. might be benign now. So it's important when you look at the biopsy results, you get someone who's expert in the field to mm -hmm. look at it to see whether there's any evidence that this is something that will change. If it is, then you can take it out, remove it before it changes. So these are some things that sometimes we give uh, public talks this is mm -hmm. the kind of things that we would like the public to find out and also the screening and also um, uh, some misnomers about why people don't like mammograms you know right. how they're very reluctant for it uh, they find it very painful uh, they worry about the radiation but actually with the uh, technology new technology the 3d mammogram and also the radiation doses virtually a bit uh, a, a, um, equivalent to a few uh, uh, plane rides, mm -hmm. uh, a long haul oh, flight. Wow. Right. So it's actually very minimal. So yeah. with that kind of radiation, which is minimal, the efficacy, it can detect over 90% of breast cancer. So it's all worth it. So these are the things that we need to clarify that for oh, the general public. Fantastic. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about um, about breast cancer and about how we can be making some positive changes. Maybe. Um, welcome back to the 123 show. It is 2.46 and I'm joined in studio by Dr. To Lorraine Chow, and we're talking about breasts, <laughs> and, Hi, um, and, um, which is probably yeah, people wouldn't. Um, I don't know if people are expecting to tune into the radio and listen to us mm. chatting about breasts, but mm. we're talking about breast. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and it is important to raise awareness because, as you mentioned, one in sixteen women in Hong Kong will have breast cancer yes. in their lives. Mm. And you were saying that the age is getting younger. Yes. So, what are some of the youngest patients you've seen who have breast cancer? Um, the youngest I've ever treated personally was 18. She was 18. Really? But good news is she's completely recovered wow. and she's working. She's actually working to something related to breast cancer. I can't oh, tell yeah, more sure, sure, confidentiality. That's very, very encouraging. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, to your surprise, there's nobody in her family with family history. So there's a misnomer that you must have a family history to get breast or ovarian cancer. That's not true. Uh, as we've all heard about the Angelina effect, mm -hmm. which people think that was always to do with uh, family history but to be honest uh, from many many studies the correlation of breast cancer with uh, family history is probably only around 10-15% wow. so uh, around 80% plus of uh, patients with breast cancer they have nobody in their family with uh, similar conditions so that also means that regardless of family history you should get it checked you if you have symptoms yeah. yes and so what are um, I mean what are some of the symptoms that you might mm. you might have yep yeah, so in let's talk about the local data mm -hmm. uh, the most common reason people discover breast cancer in Hong Kong is uh, a palpable lump mm -hmm. by the patient herself mm -hmm which is usually not painful. So we would say a painless, palpable lump would account for around 92% of breast cancer symptoms. Uh, some people get retraction of their nipples if they find that the nipple is a little bit lopsided or they find that um, the shape is a bit changed. Mm -hmm. So any kind of change, uh, of course, it could be due to aging or a change of configuration. Or maybe they've lost weight intentionally for, for mm -hmm. health. Mm -hmm. But still, if you're not sure, let the doctor do the differentiation for you. Um, some people also find that they have breast cancer because of nipple discharge. Right. Um, or even at the later stage for, I had this lady with really sizable breasts, so she was not able to feel the lump, so, but when she discovered the breast cancer, it was basically occupying the whole breast oh, and causing skin changes. So oh, skin me. was swollen and there was ulceration out from yeah. this from the inside. Oh. So these are very unfortunate. So that's why we would prefer 
if our data can go towards a bit closer to the Western data, which is more people discover it during screening. Right, that's sure. what we want. And then, because yeah. I mean, are people waiting? Is someone finding yeah. a lump and then just going? It doesn't really hurt. I'll yeah. just kind of keep an eye on it for a yeah. few months or something. It's very easy to 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 think like that because it doesn't cause symptoms. So they would observe it and then observe to a point where they think that it was significantly larger. So they seek help. So we it's not uncommon that we find patients taking longer than expected or, or advised to, to go and seek med- medical advice. Yeah, gosh. Yeah. And so, I mean, I know we're talking about some of the kind of um, like myths and around mm. breast cancer. Breast size has nothing to do with whether or not you have you, no, you're at risk yeah, of breast cancer as yeah. well, right? So it's very common to, to think that, oh, you have bigger breasts, you have a higher chance of breast cancer. Yeah. Uh, in actual fact, no. It's uh, thin breasts, young, you know, very thin patients, can, yeah. they can also get breast cancer. But the chance of breast cancer sometimes is higher in patients who are obese. Mm-hmm. So that might make the, make the uh, statistics a bit higher in those patients. Um, but thinner patients, they discover a lump. Maybe Quicker, sooner, earlier, because there's, yeah. right, because there's less yeah, so they, find, they go yeah. and find a doctor earlier. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, do people, I mean, you're saying all of this to me and I'm thinking, wow, I haven't really actually checked. I haven't done a self-examination yeah. in a while, which I guess we all kind of forget. Yes. Well, not we, we're not supposed to. That's the whole point of having yeah. Breast Cancer yeah. Awareness Month. I know. Um, so yeah. people often um, are not, uh, you know, people aren't checking. Yeah. How often should you be checking? So in... Uh, Asia, uh, we would recommend that for uh, girls around 20 to the 30s, if they don't have a significant family history, not a first degree relative, then normally we would advise they do regular self-breast examination, which is done every month after your period. You can just do it in a bath. Uh, mm-hmm. There are many, many... Every month. Guys, every month. Every month. Yep. So that you can actually notice any slight difference because mm-hmm. if you're doing it every month and you know your body best and you know what's different from last month. And doing it right after your period is clear would be the period would be the time when your breast is less engorged and easier and less uh, uncomfortable right, to sure. feel so, uh, but we would still recommend ultrasound of the breast mm-hmm. if you're younger than 40 years of age and the frequency could be done every two years uh, same for mammogram mammogram is recommended for uh, ladies about 40 and if you don't have a strong family history you can do it every two years and nowadays there are many different mortalities newer technologies such as 3d mammogram which is more accurate than the conventional one so these are all uh, things that you could uh, speak to your doctor and see which uh, modality is suitable Right. And so, I mean, of course, uh, people are a bit, everyone gets a bit scared of checking mm. their own health because yeah. they're always terrified something's going to go wrong. Yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, it's, if you find something early enough mm. when it comes to breast cancer, mm. it's pretty treatable, right? It makes a difference. It makes, it makes a, a big huge difference. difference. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. And so um, I was going to say, you were talking about like the Angelina Jolie effect. Mm. Have you seen any patients like that in Hong Kong? Yes. Who's really, who've yeah. opted for like a double mastectomy yeah. just yeah. to be careful? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's not high. We would say that out of the patients who are known, who are discovered to be a BRCA mutation, so, so the genetic uh, mutation, so that they are at high risk of breast cancer, those people with a genetic mutation, they have a 70% chance of getting breast cancer in wow. their lifetime. my goodness, that's So high. that's why some of them, if they've, especially those who have seen how their relatives suffer or maybe mm. they've seen how their mom suffer from breast cancer, they may make a more... De- definitive choice of removing the breast before they have problems. But that only accounts for around 15% of all the BRCA mutation carriers in, in our Gosh. locality. So it's not a lot. And also we would encourage them to go for 
screening if you do it if you do a screening regularly you're safer than me really because i i'm not that you know i don't do it regularly so if you know if you know that you're a mutation carrier if you do it if you do the screening mammogram or even a more accurate mri breast uh, more regularly it can detect cancer early um removing both breasts yes reducing the risk of breast cancer significantly but not to zero right because you still have some breast tissue stuck to the breast skin or to the chest wall muscles you can potentially still get cancer although the risk is much much lower right and so mm. what are some of the things that are maybe causing an increase mm. in the breast cancer rates at the moment yeah uh, we would talk about breast cancer as uh, um, it's something that's multifactorial right. so it's definitely not caused by just eating one thing doing one thing wrong kind of thing uh, but the common reasons in especially we're talking about the local uh, data the um, all the breast cancer uh, patients, if you uh, look into their history, seventy percent, seventy plus percent don't do regular exercises. Oh, really? But in Hong Kong, obviously, it's you know, exercise is uh, is quite a you know expensive. It's right, not yeah. expensive financially, but yeah. it's not really time, affordable. Time it takes time. Exactly. It takes time, and not so, people don't want to yeah. give time to just going for a nice exactly. long walk. Sure, so sure. whether that's that's coincidence for. Hong Kong ladies or it's just unique to the breast cancer ladies we're not sure but definitely we also find studies in the in the West saying that survivors breast cancer survivors if they start working out if they do more regular exercise the risk of recurrence is also lower so that is something we can change we always always talk about factors that you can change Mm -hmm. versus factors that you can't change you can't change family history you can't change how old you first had your period or when you menopause but you can exercise more yeah Breasts, uh, or, or uh, there's actually another reason uh, why we're finding breast cancer earlier is because people are getting married later. Mm. The first, uh, the age when you had the first pregnancy also matters. Uh, is is um, found that if you have your first pregnancy before 35 of age, then your risk of breast cancer is lower. Right. So people are getting married later because they're most of them are working, most of them are you know career minded. So these mm-hmm. are some of the reasons. Breastfeeding as well those who have breastfed have lower chance of lower risk of breast cancer as well Um, something that's less less measurable which is stress Mm. Um, people find that those breast cancer patients they all all tend to be a bit more stressed stressed out uh, like right, uh, sure. Stress lifestyles, yeah. Yes, but you can't cortisol, measure. Yeah, you, yeah, can't, you can't measure, measure it. it. But it could indi- be that they're stressed because yeah. they have breast cancer. <laughs> could be, or, or it could yeah, be indirect, sure, sure. affecting your other body mm. functions, such mm. as uh, your period is not regular, so indirectly affect oh, everything. I see. Sure. So these are the things that we could think about and work on and try and change in our lives. Uh, others, such as obesity, mm-hmm. uh, lots of alcohol, uh, smoking is you know a softer yeah. kind of thing. Uh, uh, a risk factor and also sometimes when we pick on uh, our diet so previously especially in the Asian saying chicken is mm-hmm. always you know people say our oh, chicken has lots of hormones it can cause breast cancer but there's this really interesting study uh, just published in August saying that if you eat more red meat you actually get more breast cancer compared to if you eat chicken, chicken. or poultry oh, wow. so it's actually quite interesting that uh, if you switch it to white meat the chance of breast cancer is reduced. Oh so these are some of the things that uh, people would start looking at. So maybe some of the misnomers has to be clarified. Right, so it's yeah. just like, it's like, you know, like you said, so it's like eating healthy, looking yeah. after yourself, do, Basically. Do, doing your best to lower your risk exactly. factors across the board yeah. before anything else random yes. happens. Yeah. And so if you do have breast cancer in Hong Kong, is there is there much support at yeah. the moment? Um, 
basically in the government setting we do have breast cancer centers in majority of the big hospitals we have cancer case managers who are uh, who look after who are specialized nurses who uh, look after these patients there are obviously private uh, uh, organizations private doctors private surgeons and the team of multidisciplinary so we always say that breast cancer patients should be looked after by a team of specialists so surgeon and then oncologist or physiotherapists who look after their after after surgery care specialist nurses and also um, and also radiologists mm-hmm. who look after their future sc- uh, monitoring and things like that um, and as I mentioned previously apart from the treating the cancer their mental and their um, their psychological care is often neglected sometimes sure. uh, so we do have lots of uh, clinical psychologists uh, available to talk to them and also we find that patient support groups tend to be quite useful it's more useful than sometimes when just doctors and nurses will be not lecturing but talking to the patient it's more powerful coming from someone who's Somebody's a survivor been it. Yeah. Sure, sure. so I am involved in a lot of these uh, organizations such as we have a very very um, uh, encouraging team of survivors they're called pink angels mm-hmm. so they are a um, chemotherapy companion service so they help they are actually survivors accompanying new uh, newly diagnosed wow, patients to go for chemotherapy that's amazing yeah. yeah so and also patient support groups always organize uh, social events to you know the, so that they are all going for trips or going to uh, outlying islands or even simple as exercise groups so these are all extremely helpful for patients uh, the ultimate aim because our survival is so good compared to other types of cancer mm. breast cancer survive survival say 10 years 10 year survival for a stage one cancer is over 90 percent so Gosh. by 10 years time 90 percent of these people are still here so wow. we have to look after them long term rather than just the cancer when it's diagnosed fantastic and mm. so the takeaways for our audience today everyone who's listening in is just to check you have to check check yes. every month if you're under yeah. under 40 yes check every month after your period yes. see if you've got anything that Pain is not a symptom, mm, but always still, could be. Yeah, but could be. Could yes. be, but not always. Not Doesn't always. have to be in pain for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you do need, if you do need uh, to find out more, you can go for a mammogram. You can go for an ultrasound, yes. and your usual GP can easily refer you to yes. those things. Yes. And hopefully, in the future, we will have a more nationwide screening program. Yes. yes. Here in Hong Kong, which we can all look forward to. Hopefully, yes. that. Can, so. Yes. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. That's Dr. Lorraine Chow, um, surgeon. Uh, I can't say surgeon specialising breast. We just went through the category. But you, you specialise in um, breast conditions. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and want to make sure that everyone's um, doing their part to make sure that we can, you know, it's pre- we can catch these things early.